Leaving school at your contract time and being a CTSO advisor may seem like a little bit of an oxymoron and that they don't work together. But today, we are going to be talking about five ways that you can actually maintain that work-life balance or blend while being a CTSO advisor. I'm Kristen Masick, and I am your CTE teacher coach. And before we get into this episode, I wanted to let you know that I'm going to be running some Black Friday deals, and they are going to be awesome and get you ready and prepared for next semester and also next year and help you leave school at the end of your contracted time. So join me on the waitlist at kristenmasick.com forward slash Black Friday to get on the waitlist and be informed of all the deals that will be coming your way. Maintaining or increasing enrollment, staying on top of ever-changing content, incorporating best teaching practices. These are just some of the challenges that we face as CTE teachers. Welcome to the On Your Prep podcast. My mission is to empower every career and technical educator to love going to work each day because they are teaching what they are passionate about in addition to applying great teaching principles. As we get started into this episode, I wanted to give you a little bit of background or information on the experience that me and Jared, my welding teacher husband, have had with CTSOs so that I can adequately share the tips that we have learned over the years. So I have been a CTSO advisor ever since I started teaching. My first year teaching, I was actually a SkillsUSA advisor more like a co-advisor because I had other advisors that I worked with. But then when I switched schools, I continued to be a SkillsUSA advisor and then ultimately ended up being a TSA advisor. So over the years, Jared has primarily just been a SkillsUSA advisor since day one, I believe, and his program has changed and morphed. And so I wanted to let you in on some of the tips and tricks that we have had where we can still maintain that that work-life balance and be great CTSO advisors. So the first one you may have heard and I kind of breezed over it, but if you are new, try to pair up with another advisor. Now, I will say this too, it might not be an advisor of the same CTSO. You could find somebody who is a related CTSO and you'll obviously need to find out if this is going to be okay with your school, your district, your principal, but it is so much easier to have a co-advisor, especially when you are learning things for the first time. And if you could be working with a veteran teacher and they know more than you, you are just going to be able to learn so much and not exhaust yourself by putting in too much time as a CTSO advisor. Tip number two is to find out the minimum requirements that your district or school is asking you in order to be a CTSO advisor. Now, some districts are different and some offer stipends and some do not, but just kind of figure out what does that mean to whoever is asking you to be an advisor. Is that that you're meeting monthly? Is it bi-monthly? Is it quarterly? What exactly does that mean? And what does that look like to others who are wanting you to help out with this? The third tip is to give your planning and your leadership opportunity 
to your students. So when you are going to be involved in a CTSO as an advisor, the most important thing for you to do is to get a leadership team, a group of students who are excited and who are getting ready to plan and help you out with this endeavor. And really, you are going to have them be the ones in charge. When it comes to CTSOs, the most important part in my mind is actually the the activities and being a part of an organization. It is not necessarily the competitions. So your meat and potatoes are having activities that all of your students can participate in. And then the cake or the ice cream, the dessert would be the competitions. So as you're figuring out your time, you're really going to want to focus on those activities. And that's what you need to have your student leaders plan. Now, one of the great things that you can do is after you go to a fall training or whenever you get your students, get them to commit to be your leaders, have them plan for the rest of the entire school year. That way, you know from month to month what they are supposed to be doing and they also know too. So it might take a little bit of time up front, but really having them plan out those activities or at least have those ideas will really save a ton of time in the end because you won't have to figure that out in your leadership meetings. Okay, number four is probably the biggest tip and the thing that Jared and I have learned the most over the years, and it is setting boundaries. So you as the adult, the advisor, you are going to determine when your students should be meeting. And it's going to be based on your time. At the beginning, when Jared and I were first married and first teaching, then we let the students choose when they would be available to meet. But quite honestly, their schedules tend to be fairly flexible. You are going to have students that work here and there, or they might have a more regular schedule, and those members might not be able to meet with you as frequently. But if you can put a regular boundary, a regular time that you are meeting every month on the second Tuesday, then they can be prepared and hopefully be able to ask for that time off. Now, there's another thing to think about as well. There are different times that you can meet with your students. So you could have lunchtime activities, you could have right after school activities, and then you could have night activities. And when it has come to Jared and I in our current seasons of life or as we've went through our seasons of life, things have changed. So when I was first teaching at my second school, we didn't have any kids yet. And what we both decided is that we would have our activities on Thursday afternoons. So he would be meeting with his students doing Skills USA, and I would be meeting with my students and doing TSA. And at that time, I had a group of students who were really big into robotics and they wanted to do the VEX portion of the TSA competition. And so every Thursday I had like an open lab and I allowed them to work on the robot. Now I also double like booked myself on this because I let my students know that I was available for an open lab. So my CTSO students were meeting and they were organizing them, they were planning and they were doing their activities in my classroom 
at the same time that I had students staying after to get help from me. So that was a really great way of getting students to stay after and where I didn't have to feel like I needed to stay after on my contract hours more than once a week, but then still give time for my CTSO students to be working on their robot. Now I will say this too, I didn't have kids at the time. And so I could do that every Thursday. If I were doing it today with all the children that I have currently, I would probably do it on a monthly basis. And that is what Jared does. And he's actually changed it. So instead of it being after school, because that is usually like a crazy time for our family when we're picking everyone up from daycare, when we are doing activities for them, he now schedules all of his meetings. So they are actually in the evening. So that would be after our children eat. And if we don't want them to attend the activity, then it is plenty of time to get them into bed. And that is what our current situation is, which leads us to the fifth way to maintain a work-life balance is to bring your kids along. So our kids love going to SkillsUSA activities. They have tons of fun. They do whatever the high school students do. And at the time of this recording, our oldest is nine and then our second oldest is seven. Our four-year-old really wants to go, but we haven't let him go to any of the meetings yet, but they play laser tag or they go to the arcade or carve pumpkins, whatever they do. My husband always has those two oldest tagging along. And like I said, the four-year-old cannot wait until he finally gets to go to those SkillsUSA activities. So now it is a part of like our family culture that our kids are a part of our CTSOs. So as a recap, here are five ways that you can maintain a work-life balance or blend while being a CTSO advisor. So the first was find a co-advisor, someone that you can pair up with. Now notice that there are some CTSOs that are very similar that you might be able to do one versus another so that you can share the load with another person. The second is to find out what your minimum requirements are. That way you can figure out your schedule so that you know how much or how little is expected to meet with your students. Third, give the planning and leadership over to your student leaders. They are capable of doing it, but have them plan out the entire year at once so that there is no floundering or second guessing what they chose. Fourth, set boundaries. So this could change between the seasons of your life, but think about how frequently you are going to be needing to meet and then set those boundaries. So whether or not you are meeting once a month on a certain date at a certain time, and think of yourself first. Your students will be able to change their schedules, but you may not want to. So think of that as you are deciding when that is. Okay, and then the fifth one is to bring your children along. They love being a part of your CTSO. They love interacting with your students and actually your students love it as well. If this episode was helpful for you, it could be for others. So to help spread the word about this podcast, take a screenshot of this episode and add it to your Instagram stories and tag me at Kristen Masick, K-H-R-I-S-T-E-N-M-A-S-S-I-C. Until next week.